Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the game, game of, of roses. roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And it is the first twibbon of 2020 gore. Welcome. Woo-hoo. We have so much in store this year, it's hard to even describe. Uh, we will do our best through the course of the year, though, to keep everybody updated about what we got going on. And I would just like to say very quickly. This is a juicer. Oh, this is going to be an insane juicer. You got no idea. You got no idea what's about to happen in about a minute. Because it's not Twixt Weeks in Bachelor Nation. It's these weeks <laughs> in Bachelor Nation. Yes. 
If you uh, are tuning in and you're wondering to yourself, hey, should I keep listening to this episode? Just listen for about another (laughs) minute and I think you'll be very pleasantly surprised. But before we get to what we're going to do in one minute, I just want to say. Wait, why? Well, because there's going to be a world premiere of something. But um, I just want to say very quickly, tomorrow uh, or today, I guess it's actually Friday. We record these on Thursday. It comes out on Friday. So on Friday, another thing comes out. Something else premieres. You know what it is, Pace Guys? Traders? Traders Season 2, starring Popeye Peter Weber. And I'm going to be covering it in Clues Corner. So please join us at patreon.com slash Game of Roses if you want to see the coverage of uh, this season. I didn't ever watch the first season of Traders that had Ari Leindyke in it. So it'll be my first time. It's an excellent cast. And I will be watching it via Corner. With that business out of the way, let's kick off 2020 gore with Song. Some of you may know that I've been searching for two seasons of The Bachelorette to complete my collection, season three and season five. Now, please hear me when I say I have those seasons. The collection is complete. But back Woo-hoo! in the, the early days of Gore, when we were searching. We are finally whole. <laughs> we are. Yeah, exactly. But back in the early days of Gore, when I was searching for uh, the dark seasons, I made a little song called The Dark Seasons. I put it out, and I think that the the mojo of that song helped us to eventually acquire all of the Dark Seasons. Now- Not only the Dark Seasons, but the Dark Seeker. Dark Seasons and Dark Seeker. Correct. We, we acquired both. That song changed our lives. God, it really did, strangely. I know that's kind of a joke, but it also is 100% true. <laughs> that's so bizarre. The power of music. But I will say this. With this song, which is called Three and Five, that you're about to hear momentarily, I didn't even have to make the song. I just had to think of it, and Three and Five came to me. So again, please do not put any effort into finding these seasons. Despite everything this song is about to tell you, do not look for these seasons. I already have them. But nonetheless, (laughs) the song exists. It is a tribute now to my search for them. We're going to play it for you now. I hope you enjoy Pace Case. I can't wait to hear what you think. Here we go. Three and five. I need three and five. 
my dark lord <laughs> clues. Yes. Now. That was powerful. I did not make the song by myself. This was a collaboration with somebody that I met through the other podcasts I do called Dudesy with my friend Will Sasso. This is a guy named Songaria. You can find him on Instagram at S-O-N-G-A-R-R-H-E-A. He makes incredible musical, uh, I don't even know how to describe what he does. He takes the audio from Dudesy a lot of times and will turn it into songs. And he hit Ooh. me up and was like, hey, dude, let's do something. I was like, I got this country song I've been working on. I don't know how to make country music. Help me out. And he turned in this insane uh, piece of music that I'm singing on and, and wrote the lyrics to. Are there rounds? Yeah. And that's him singing the uh, the backup oh, vocals as well. Oh, my God. So please go check him out again. It's at Songaria uh, and and check out what he's doing because he makes some really incredible stuff. That is so groovy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Or I mean, it slaps. That's what I mean. Uh, I think my favorite is favorite line is ABC won't give them to me. (laughs) It's a very specific (laughs) bitter line I love. Well, thank you everyone for indulging that. We hope you enjoyed it. And that is the way we're going to kick off Twibbon. 2020 gore i'm gonna make a music video to that it's so good (laughs) what it's catchy (laughs) okay also though once again i must remind you don't look for three and five i have them my collection's complete the pleasure binge will begin soon please don't look for them we have all the seasons we are complete it's just a metaphor i wish we had something else called three and five that we were looking for yeah i don't know what that would be but if you're looking for seasons, old seasons. We're looking for three Bachelor contestants and five Bachelorette contestants for clues to coach. Yeah, that's true. Always. But uh, also, I should mention up top here, speaking of old seasons, right now on Amazon's freebie, they have a channel, a TV channel, Warner Brothers TV channel, that is just playing a random assortment of episodes from dark seasons, modern seasons of Bachelor, just back to back to back to back in a literal TV channel that runs forever. Are they in order on the season? No. There They're is completely no, random episodes. Yes. There is no rhyme or reason to the order they are playing them in. They are not playing season after season. They are playing one episode from like season three, then one episode from like season 15. It's totally bizarre, but it's on Amazon Freebie right now. If you don't know about this, check it out. It's it's just, oh my God. I don't know what kind of deal was made here. I assume it was part of the the deal to get Amazon logos all over the golden wedding. I don't <laughs> you think know. There's a specific deal that's like, we want randomly playing episodes. You don't want them in order? No, they gotta be random. I have no idea why they made that choice to randomize the episodes. I, I literally don't know. But it's happening right now. Check it out. I don't know how long that's going to be up. What else is happening now is I, I'm i confused in the order of how we're airing all these episodes. But we did an interview with the one true goat, Caitlin Bristow, that came out last week. If you haven't listened to that interview, please go check it out now. It was... An absolute dream come true and iconic. I agree. It was how we we wrapped up our 2023 and that aired as our first piece of media in 2020 gore. One more piece of business. We also did a more in-depth discussion about the Golden Bachelor on the Reality Gaze podcast. So if you want to go check that out. And one more bit of business. <laughs> We're very bad at doing these bits of business. It's just as we remember them. But um, on Monday... On our website, gameofroses.co, you will be able to read State of Bachelor Nation 2020 gore 
brought to you by yours truly. Uh, I spent some time writing it. How many words? This one was only about 2,800. You're holding back. <laughs> about half the size of the the first State of Bachelor Nation. Well, there was only last year to cover. The first State of Bachelor Nation, I went back to season 18 and kind of covered everything uh, from that point. One more Pace Case news. HBO Lax just chose its next show. We're doing True Detective on HBO Max. A season four is coming out starring Jodie Foster. Heard of her? Have you seen the other three seasons of it? I've seen one and two. Three was interesting. Mahershala Ali and Stephen Dorff. I do like Mahershala. Yeah. Season one, obviously, is like groundbreaking. Season two, bizarre. Anyway, <laughs> season four, can't wait. Go listen to HBO Lax. The premiere is this weekend on Sunday. Episodes will drop Monday. I do that podcast with one of my best friends, Catherine Dudas who is deeply in the pit. And a talented film writer and director in her own right. Mm -hmm. Now, we must move on to our inaugural State of the Game for 2020 Gore. This is Game, game of, of Roses. Roses. State of the Game. All right. This week, uh, some huge news has come out. Renee Pochet and... Carter Wall, two contestants from Love is Blind Season 5, are in a big turmoil, and Renee Pochet has issued a lawsuit, uh, and we're going to just kind of read to you some of the details of this, but this so far, I think, is the biggest legal action that's been taken in at least contemporary reality show history, and it can mm -hmm. possibly rewrite how reality shows are even produced. I, I don't know what the outcome of this is going to be. In one way or another. <laughs> exactly. So... Uh, this is some of these things I'm going to read to you now are just straight from the Variety article about this. Once filming wrapped of Love is Blind season five, Pochet ended her relationship with Carter Wall and made a few public remarks about, about her uh, Love is Blind nightmare. As a result, Delirium, that's one of the production companies involved in making the show uh, alongside Kinetic, initiated private arbitration against Pochet for purportedly violating her non-disclosure agreement that this is an agreement that all reality players sign no matter what show you're in, that you won't divulge the secrets of how the show is made or what happened to you if it wasn't in the edit, basically. Uh, behind the scenes, the company is seeking $4 million from a woman who earned a total of $8,000 from her appearance <laughs> on the reality series. Now, Poche is fighting back with the help of Hollywood power right. lawyers, Brian Friedman and Mark Garagos, and has filed an explosive suit against Netflix and Delirium that details her ordeal both during production and the ensuing arbitration battle with the show's producers. The lawsuit filed in L.A. Superior Court is seeking to nullify Poche's contract and is claiming intentional infliction of emotional distress, along with violations of various California labor and civic codes. And we know uh, Kinetic and Netflix and Delirium all have a lawsuit that is being uh, levied against them from Jeremy Hartwell, one half of you can with Nick Thompson. We interviewed them on this very show. He's also suing mm -hmm. them for labor contract violations. This Poche suit, though, is part of a much broader war being waged by Friedman and Garagos, the two lawyers against the reality mm -hmm. industry. A war on the pod squad. Yeah, exactly. They turned them into pod squads. Friedman and Garagos are in July. They teamed up with Bethany Frankel. Uh, to fight for basic workplace protections enjoyed by those who work on scripted fare. One month later, these two lawyers fired an opening salvo by sending a litigation hold notice to NBC Universal that accused NBC of, quote, a pattern and practice of grotesque and depraved mistreatment of the reality stars and crew members on whose account its coffers swell. And they said a day of reckoning was afoot. 
They're now representing uh, several hundred reality stars and crew members who have been sh- subjected to everything from false imprisonment to sexual violence. Uh, and then Tran Dang, another season five player, is suing Delirium and Kinetic, but not Netflix, for sexual assault, false imprisonment, and negligence. And unlike Poche's complaint, Dang is not looking to break her contract. So there's a key distinction in those lawsuits. But um, that's kind of what's going on, at least with Love is Blind, at least with kinetic content. And this shit is heating up. The outcome, especially mm-hmm. of this Poche uh, suit, if she is found to be on the hook for $4 million, that means these reality shows can do whatever they want, whenever they want. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be on our show or not? No one's going to want to break contract ever again. Ever. Yeah. Even if it's for kind of horrible shit. Like some of these allegations totally. are like the producers told her like to make sure that the guy she was with didn't have a gun and all, uh, all this stuff that's kind of disturbing. Well, they told her she had a gun, I think, in her place. And they were like, make sure that's put away when this guy comes in here. Because they clearly knew uh, something real bad might happen. But still, you're going to have to be with him so that we can get our footage and then ultimately cut you out of the show completely. Because you'll get sued 50 grand if you don't finish out the season. Exactly. Well, that's another thing. When all these first lawsuits against Kinetic started uh, flying around last year, that was a big thing that Chris Colin came out. I think he was in a variety interview where he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a clause in the contract that says if you get engaged but don't make it all the way to the altar, we can sue you for $50,000. <laughs> But we never enact that. We never use it. He reserved the right to. Yeah. And now they're they're suing somebody for $4 million because she has gone on all these podcasts and TikToks and whatever else kind of outlining the, the nightmare she mm-hmm. went through in this situation where they basically forced her to be with this guy that she didn't want to fucking be around. And they were like, no, you got to keep shooting. Then they cut it all out anyway. They didn't mm-hmm. even use the shit they made her shoot. Absolutely insane. Same thing with Tran Dang. They erased her completely from the document because of the lawsuit. And this is also one of the reasons that season five was miserable to watch. It was, it was so far the worst season of that show. And I think that that's kind of like what's at stake here is our seasons of whatever Love is Blind, Bachelor, who knows, any show really this could happen to, are they going to become victims to two or three players who are like, fuck it, I'm suing the show. Now you got to cut those players out of your show. And if they were part of some super important narrative, right. you just have to lose it all together. And it results in a season like season five of Love is Blind, which was unwatchable, just a fucking mess. Yeah, maybe they maybe they were going to focus on that couple. And then they're like, oh, shoot, we, we can't use any of that. And thus, <laughs> season five is born. I do feel like, this is escalating, and that uh, aforementioned day of reckoning will be upon us. And if history is to show us what will happen, the rights of the worker are increasing, and I think it will go in that direction. I think this is a absolutely wild uh, choice by Kinetic to to sue her for four million dollars. Maybe if it's fifty grand, no one would care. But like. That's obviously an extra, like a an extraordinary amount of money. Yeah, they're not trying to seek damages here. They are trying to destroy her life. It's malicious beyond belief, and uh, it just really paints the the companies that make this mm-hmm. stuff we watch. You see who they are now. There's no getting around that. These are very mean people who are seeking uh, nothing less 
than making it impossible for her to ever Mm -hmm. move on from this, which, and it's already a traumatic experience. She's already talked about how it was bad for her. Now it's compounded 10 times over because there's this uh, financial element of it. The house of out of the pods, the love is blind podcast are, we're talking about it this week. I think depending on (laughs) what happens, it might be in our day deeper, but it's not, it's not going away. It's only getting more attention. Absolutely. Now, the flip side of all this is what I think is going to come from this is because of Golden. While all of this is going on, this super messy, they're torturing people, (laughs) wrongful imprisonment, all this shit, and these giant lawsuits that are trying to destroy people's lives. At the same time, you've got the first season of Golden Bachelor airing to massive ratings, giant cultural uh, impact. And ABC sees that and they're like, huh. This shit's making more money than Mm -hmm. when we torture people on paradise. Well, I guess we should stop torturing people and deliver messages of hope and that anyone can find love no matter the age or circumstance or whatever. The things that worked in in Golden, I think they are going to infuse all of their other shows with it. And I think this is going to turn a corner in the tone of reality television. I truly do. Mm Because this is what we want to see as a fourth audience. And we've been saying this for fucking years on this show. And it's finally kind of starting to move in that direction. And by the way, when you treat all the players with respect, not only do we all like watching that and want to see them and everything else you do, you're creating this uh, roster of stars that you can use in multiple spinoffs. And we all want to see it. Putting all those golden players in the wedding. Like, I loved that. And then we're going to see them again during Joey's season. It's It expands Mm -hmm. the world. It elevates all of them therefore elevating the show and you're going to get better people applying too and the franchise as a whole and the network as a whole exactly correct that's ultimately what becomes super detrimental in situations like this renee poche one now anybody coming into love is blind is like oh shit they could sue me for four million dollars mm-hmm. after they torture me i guess i'll go on bachelor where they've only sued for 100k <laughs> <laughs> You just go for the the lowest fi- the lowest possible financial penalty. That's how you choose yeah. which reality show to apply to. That's the worst that could happen. <laughs> I mean, but I I do think that that is true. Like, and you're really seeing it with um, I think with Paradise. Like the 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 rumor is, and I think it's a very credible one. Paradise is done. It ain't coming back this year because the producers just fucking destroyed it. It was terrible producing on this season, and it killed it. The final nail in the coffin was. I don't know if it was laziness, apathy, maliciousness. All of these things exist in that producer tier on that show. (laughs) Poop baby. Exactly. Just like stupid attempts at humor that nobody gave a shit about. I don't know exactly what the the perfect mix was that killed that show, but it's fucking dead. And uh, the result is now in the Bachelor franchise, I think the best things in reality TV are now being done in the Bachelor franchise in Golden. I also think the worst thing they could have possibly done was what they did to Paradise. Because if you don't have that aggregator show where incoming players have a chance mm-hmm. to get in a second show, I don't know why you go into that franchise at all. I wonder if this, if they end up retooling it and making like a slightly better game. Because there is something mm. inherently bad in the structure of Paradise. The fact that like you can automatically mm-hmm. stay as long as you're in a couple, no matter what, unless grocery store Joe yeah. uh, and the disgruntled females come for you. No, I agree. They turned paradise like the structure was never great. Really, what it was it was successful at was it was just casting. 
it was like building casting and building very strong narratives in the main games so that you had these super all-star players like Deanie Babies and Kalen Miller Keys mm-hmm. and fuck, do you remember Christina Shulman on Sand? That was a, a masterwork, yes. the performance she turned yes. in. Those eras, they relied heavily on like casting superstars. And then as the producers became more malicious, people started reigning in their play styles. They started uh, casting for specific people that would be like either amenable to doing crazy shit or susceptible to being affected by crazy shit. And as a result, you got a bunch of scared people on sand who were just like looking for any sign that they might be getting a villain at it. And then they fucking peaced out. No goodbyes, nothing. Plenty of players did that. Just were like, fuck it. I'm walking into the darkness. <laughs> and that's yeah. it. You never saw him again. I'm walking into the dark. Yeah. Take me to the airport. You have kidnapped me. Take me to the <laughs> exactly. airport. <laughs> I mean, I know that's like we kind of joke about it or whatever, but like multiple players fucking did that in these in these past seasons. That's not a good look. And no one did that on Golden. Yeah. And the only possible villain at it was maybe Kathy, but she gets a redemption arc. Yes, She's hosting exactly. the the golden wedding, gold carpet, like she comes out in the in the end mm-hmm. in, a, in a positive way. They all do. And I don't, I think it's, the, I, I do think it has something to do with, you know, a little bit the current dystopia. We Then we want yes. this entertainment that's more like heartwarming yes. and hopeful and it, exactly. uplifting. You have to look at what's happening in society, generally speaking, with any entertainment. And then you have to offer a reprieve from whatever that is. So like Mm -hmm. when Walking Dead started, relatively speaking, shit was good. You know what I mean? Relatively speaking. Shit's always bad somewhere in the world. But relatively speaking, shit was good. Abortion was legal. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to get into the specifics of it, but we know roughly. Let's just say it was, you know. God, that pilot was so good. Yeah. Twenty. When did it come out? 2012 or something? We were in a certain situation in this country that was just a better time. And so we could... Uh, be entertained by the idea of society falling apart completely. That's what was drawing us into that show. The fantasy of it, you know, of like, what if everything just did go? Wouldn't that be kind of fun, even if it's scary? But oh, shit, let's watch all these people trying to survive an apocalyptic scenario mm-hmm. where society collapses. That's not that fun anymore. Because it's kind of <laughs> very realistic at this I point. I did like Leave the World <laughs> Behind, but it is triggering (laughs) yeah exactly same same and i that um civil war movie that's coming out will probably be very similar entertaining very well made but also like this is a little too real well i'm hoping for our our bachelor bubble to just make me feel cozy and warm inside yes and most importantly hopeful and that is exactly what golden Mm -hmm. did and that is i think where most of these shows are going to have to start to pivot, especially the ones that deal with romantic relationships. I don't think we want to see people getting destroyed. We certainly don't want to see what happened at the end of Paradise, where the only couples that were together, all within four business days of the finale airing, fucking dissolved. So you know immediately, none of those relationships were real, and the producers forced these people to stay in them and pretend like they were still together on social media as the season was airing, but they were all broken up already. Yeah, never want your couples pretending to be together on social media. <laughs> no, you don't. That's a bad look. And the most <sighs> successful couple that came out of that season wasn't even on that season because the producers fucked up. Mandrell should have been on that season. Ugh. That's unbelievable. Opto 2023 into Opto 2024, though, we're going to get these a feel-good grazie season. 
I think we're getting a feel good Grazi. I think we're getting, I don't know who the next bachelorette's going to be. None of us know that until we probably about halfway through Grazi's season, whoever that's going to be. I think that season of bachelorette, uh, I don't know if this is true or not. This is just how I feel. Season 21 of bachelorette, I think is going to be maybe the best season of bachelorette that has ever been made because I think you're going to see it positioned in like charity lesson season was fantastic, but it was still like coming out of the darkness of the Fleiss era. You know what I mean? His, his taint was still a little bit on it. His taint? Yeah. I'm not talking oh. about that taint. I mean, like, he tainted it. You're mm. thinking of a different taint. Mm -mm. Um, oh, I thought you were. Uh, at any rate, I'm just saying that charity season, I think, was like, can we get away with this? Can we make a season where we don't, like, just steamroll some motherfuckers into terrible situations? And they found out they could. Mm -hmm. And then we were into Golden, and Golden was like, oh my God, this is the blueprint. Now that I think they have that exactly down and they saw how successful it was, I'm telling you, I think that treatment of players is just going to be reflected in every season after this. I mean, it absolutely will in Golden Bachelorette, so, and we might be going full Golden yeah. now that if your sad prediction is true. Well, we're at least going 50% Golden. 50% Golden. We're going to see Bachelorette or Bachelor, Bachelorette, Golden Bachelorette, Golden Bachelor, I think, is the four pieces of the uh, the pie here this year in 2020 Gore for our, our beloved game. But time will tell, of course, and we are going to have this year also two seasons of Love is Blind. We're going to get the season six that's coming out on uh, February 13th. There will be another season later in the year. There will be a perfect match uh, season two, which we already know is going to have that dude from uh, Squid Games customer number 436 or, or uh, player number 436 customer. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's shaping up as well. And there are rumors that um, Glaze, Justin, is going to be on this season of Perfect Match 2 as well. Mm. And if we are starting to get Bachelor players coming into that. Crossover event of the century. Exactly. I can't wait for Perfect Match. It's not on enough. Yeah, they only do it once a year, just like Paradise. But that's it. That wraps up our state of the game. We're, we're seeing these lawsuits flying around now. Reality TV is at a, a moment of flux. I don't know how this is going to shake out. Mm -hmm. I know Golden is a big influence on where all of dating reality TV is headed. And I know these lawsuits, they're going to have a major effect on how all of this shit is made. If the studios win them all, mm -hmm. nothing changes. If one or two of these players pops off. Are the sauce wars continuing or are they over? I think the sauce wars probably are always going to continue. Um, but it's just a matter of of how much power are the, the people on the T side of the fence going to have moving forward. Is it zero or is it about 50-50? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Time will, Time tell. will tell. But we will now move on to the second portion of our program. Of course, we don't have gains yet. And if you come back next Tuesday, we will be covering the second half of all of Grazia Day's rookies, uh, as well as their Instagram numbers, et cetera, et cetera. We did the first half last week and the video of it's on the Patreon. And I'm going to do a palapa of me watching the finale of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Oh, damn. There's just so much going on. Too much business. <laughs> Head on to that Patreon uh, and check it out if, you, if you'd like to join us. But right now, we're just going to move straight into some news. This is... The 
Bachelor Nation News. We open the first new Bachelor Nation news of the year with some sad news. Rachel Lindsay and her Bachelorette Season 13 ring winner Brian Abasolo have decided to end their marriage after four years. Abasolo filed for divorce last Tuesday, January 2nd, listing Sunday, December 31st as their date of separation. He's also requesting spousal support from Lindsay. In December of 2023, Lindsay appeared on the Vial Files where she said that the pair have totally different lives, which is one of the reasons they don't post about each other often on social media. And in retrospect, this might have been one of the factors contributing to their divorce. Very sad news, obviously. We wish them both the best. Rachel Lindsay is an icon in, at this point, all of media, but certainly in our beloved game, one of the most important players to have ever graced the field. Um, Good luck to them as they Mm -hmm. move forward. And one of the most impactful in her (laughs) post-game life yeah that too absolutely uh but moving on gore girl caitlin bristow and lizzie's one true goat made some news last week at a new year's eve party she threw at her house in nashville bachelor in waiting blake moines made the trip to slider country to attend the party as did bachelor at 16 five-part ptc player and ring winner zach clark footage of bristow with her arm around clark surfaced on social media causing the rumor mill to go into overdrive cranking out theories about the level of romantic connection between the two superstars bristow poured gas on that fire by posting on instagram quote the vibe for 2024 is messy authenticity over fake perfection, end quote. After she received a tidal wave of reactions from a variety of supporters and detractors in the fourth audience, she was prompted to post a lengthy reply that read, you'd think by now I'd be used to the hate. I'm not. Your words hurt. Your shaming hurts. Part of me feels a little sad and honestly embarrassed for you guys because this shouldn't be how you spend day one of a new year. You should be not be this invested in someone you don't even know or respect. It's actually scary. And I know looking inward might be even scarier for you, but the bullying is next level. You are allowed to have opinions and feelings, but you don't even know the truth and your hate should actually come with consequences. I truly worry about some of your mental health. It is not okay. It's not. Please, please feel ashamed of yourselves for treating someone this way who you don't know. I did not kill someone. I had a party with some of my favorite people. Shame on you. Not me. I am not one-dimensional. What you see on people's social media does not mean you know them, and this part might sting, but I would never, ever want to switch places with you. Your life seems so sad, so I will not take the opinions of someone who I would not trade places with. Y'all want to feel big, big round and important, but you are small-minded and sad. Thank you to everyone who's kind on my platform. Love you guys. You are the real ones. I wish I could just share my truth and tell you my side. It's hard to bite my dang tongue sometimes, but you just go on and continue to have your own little made-up story in your head and believe what you want to believe. Social media la-la land. Good laud. And in response to accusations from certain members of the fourth audience regarding the possibility of Bristow having cheated on ex-fiance and fellow gore girl Jason Tardick, Bristow posted, Hi. Here to say that there was never any ounce of cheating happening and I will not stand for this rumor. Y'all are nasty in here. Anywho, swear on my dog's lives. No cheating went on, so we can just put that to rest. Thank you. Happy New Year, everyone. Go donate some blood or something. (laughs) (laughs) We extend our sympathies to Caitlin for enduring such rough treatment from the fourth audience, and we encourage everyone listening to keep in mind that none of us knows the actuality of any situation we see on social media. And sending derogatory DMs doesn't benefit anyone, including the sender. Up next in Bachelor Nation News, congratulations are in order for new Nashville slider Braden Bowers and 
Christina Mandrell, who got engaged live at the Golden Wedding last week. The president of Dangle Nation popped the question to his country music royalty girlfriend with the help of Golden Producers and the Diamond Demon Neil Lane less than a month after the relationship was revealed on the season nine finale of the now dead B.I.P. Bowers explained that the pair's relationship began when Mendrell was compelled to take the initiative and slide into his DMs and they bonded over Jack Black and Kyle Gass's band Tenacious D. Dark Lord Jesse Palmer was quick to explain that Bowers got Gary Turner and Teresa Ness approval to pop the question at their wedding, saying Brandon actually called Gary and Teresa and made sure he got their blessing before he proposed. We here at Gore couldn't be happier for Bowers and Mandrell, and we look very forward to what will no doubt be the best parasocial couple in the nation as they turn out uh, media that established them as the new king and queen of Nashville. Oh, we shall get to it. Oh, such good play. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got... Ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and <laughs> my. Um, <laughs> which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft, sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband. Mm. You want that. You don't want it to be rolling. You don't want it to be showing. And I'm hooked. I don't want to wear anything else. It's all got to go now. Well, this ad actually is kind of about that pace case. Everybody knows MeUndies <laughs> makes great underwear. It's in the name, Me Undies. But it's not just about underwear. You can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers, hoodies, onesies, and a whole bunch more. And their Move Me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market. There's no doubt about it. Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at meundies.com slash roses. That's meundies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. Meundies. Comfort. From the outside in. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about 
OneSkin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. I'm replaying all their social media posts in my head and just being like, there's never been anything like this on a couple level. There have been some good pair of social couples. Don't get me wrong. At at their height, like Deanie Babies and Kayla Miller Keys when they're going around, mm-hmm. jumping out of planes and living in the van and shit. Yeah. Amazing. Great Ashley and Jared Iaconetti. Ashley and Jared Iaconetti are basically her. She's the parasocial creator in that family. He's just kind of along for the ride. He'll put on his Aladdin costume every once in a while. This shit is different. Both Dang. of them are genius level parasocial producers and they are now united in at least pre-holy matrimony in other news coming from the golden wedding dark lord jesse palmer is a dad the dlh replacer announced during the golden wedding that his wife emily fardo was due with their first child any second which turned out to be the following Wednesday. His daughter, Ella Rain Palmer, was announced to the world via a joint Instagram post that read, Our worlds have been forever changed. She's finally here. Ella Rain Palmer, pink heart emojis. Our hearts are overflowing with love and gratitude. Of course they are. Empathetic king. <laughs> you always got an overflowing heart. Congrats, Congrats to the Dark, to the Dark Lord. Lord on his new That's progeny it. and this next phase of his life as a sire. <laughs> <laughs> The great one is in the news this week for the launch of his new Envy Media Company and its flagship show, Disrespectfully, hosted by Vanderpumpers Katie Maloney and Dana Cathon. Since its inception in 2019, The Vile Files, comprised of three different series, has amassed over 150 million downloads, has earned a People's Choice Award nomination, and was voted one of the top 10 podcasts by the Associated Press. Congrats to Clues' great one on this next step in his post-game dominance. I love when I'm writing these, I I abbreviate shit a lot. We have a weird shorthand in all of our scripts that only we can understand. So many of them that have nicknames, like the great one, for example, I'll just write in TGO. And when Lizzie looks at it, refuses to say the great one. I hate that I know what that means. It's so fucking funny. I mean, we've had a Patreon poll in our last live of uh, who was... Who had a better game? And uh, I'll just say my great one did a lot better in this poll than yours. Well, look, I, look, I don't um, dispute that her post-game career has been, I think, better than Vial's. Just in terms of, of her 
maintaining like super relevance within the actual document by hosting a co- or co-hosting a couple seasons. Uh, she's putting out country songs every once in a while that will like chart on iTunes and shit. Her podcast is also gigantic. This is a different beast though. He's launching a podcast network with two Vanderpumpers hosting a new show. If that show blows up and he can string together two, three, four shows like that, that's he's like getting into Bill Simmons territory, the guy who made Ringer. What percentage do you think he takes from Katie Maloney and Dana Kathan? I don't know what his deal is. Like, I'm sure he's got some ad company that's part of this deal, too, that's like putting ads in the shows and stuff. I bet his network takes. I don't know. I don't know what that deal is because I don't know how much the ad people take and if it's internal or if that's like an external ad agency. If it's an external ad agency, I would guess that agency is taking 30% of all the ads, leaving 70% to split between him and the podcasters. I bet he's taking 20% of that. Hmm. I bet that he gives 50% of the ads to the podcasters. He takes 20, 30 goes to the booker. I bet. I'll have to ask Gore Girl Jason Tardick. I know. Jason Tardick, if you're listening, what do you think Nick Vile is getting on his deal? Can you have him on your podcast and ask him directly? Yeah, I am curious. Two people want to (laughs) know. Two people. Everybody (laughs) wants to know this. Maybe it is just us. Maybe it's just me. <laughs> Let's be real. Next up in Bachelor Nation Next News. Next up in Bachelor Nation News. <laughs> we might not officially. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing weird tax calculations on money that I don't even know if anyone has. Percentages I'm just making up in my head about Nick Viles. Thing. I don't know why I even asked. Next up in Bachelor Nation News. We might not officially <laughs> know who the first Golden Bachelorette is. Hint, it's Leslie Fema. But we do know when the inaugural season is going to shoot. Thanks to the Golden Casting website. In the application questionnaire, one question asks applicants for the Golden Bachelorette if they will have any scheduling conflicts from June through August of 2024, which likely means we'll see the first crop of golden men stepping out of that limo uh, for a a premiere date of that series, I think sometime in September of this Mm. year. An exciting time to draw breath. Hot girl autumn. Ugh, I can't wait. She's going to be such a good bachelorette. Un- I, yeah, I agree. I think she's going to like redefine some things. Just in terms of being the first Golden Bachelorette, automatically historic. Everything we see that season will be a first. But I think that there is some... She just gets it. I think she's watched this show a lot. I think she inherently has a good game sense and you know has probably talked to some people in the interim about what should be done on her season some prowess and she probably knows now some good strategies i want to see her recreate all of her hero player caitlin bristow's biggest plays on uh, her seasons including the voluntary nudity play jumping into the lake she jumps in as like join me guys yeah i think she's very actively thinking about exactly that right now (laughs) mimicking caitlin bristow's season i think she's very actively thinking about that and figuring out ways to do it right now mm-hmm. i'm very i'm very curious to see that season and i am guessing that branding will be what was it it's never her what was her famous lines when they were breaking up till death till death right she's looking for someone to die with that'll be her slogan <laughs> are you willing to die with her step on up um before we go a huge congrats <laughs> goes out to olympian and bachelor season 26 survivor Marlena Wesh, who announced her engagement to Tommaso Mattelli on Instagram this week. And happy birthdays 
to Charity Lawson, who celebrated her That's 28th her. year on Our Dying World, December 30th, and Gabby Wendy, who began her 33rd year of survival on January 2nd. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy uh, congratulations on engagements, etc. And now for the portion of our program where we discuss all the goings-ons on our phones, on our computers, in the parasocial world. This is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. We have so many excellent plays to catch up on coming back from the holidays. We got our first post from an incoming Grazi rookie included. Season 28 rookie Kelsey Anderson made a TikTok of herself talking in front of her Bachelor cast photo under the Chiron when people ask why I went on a reality TV show to find love to a voiceover sound because it's iconic and I love to do iconic shit. The caption reads, tune in on January 22nd on ABC to see if I get a rose. Hashtag Bachelor Nation. Hashtag The Bachelor ABC. Hashtag Green Screen. This got 141 likes and 6.8K views. Strong out the gate. Kylie and Mercedes made an excellent TikTok to the format. We were on The Bachelor. Of course we will. Fill in the blank. The caption reads, the only thing I don't regret is meeting at Mercedes Northup. Hashtag Bachelor. Hashtag Bachelor in Paradise. It's funny. They admit they think Dark Lord Palmer is low-key hot and that they can survive on two hours of sleep. Very well done. 318.2K views and 20K likes. Taylor Swift player Sean McLaughlin and John B. made a joint real play under the same format, but with We Were on The Bachelorette on Sean's Instagram. This includes, of course, we're moving to San Diego. And of course... I haven't dated someone in six years, but of course I'm ready to get engaged. And finally, of course, we were there for TRR, ending with a sly look by Sean to camera. The caption reads, BRB looking up apartments in San Diego. What stereotypes did we miss? Hashtag The Bachelorette, hashtag Bachelor in Paradise, hashtag Bachelor Nation, hashtag The Bachelor. 3.7K likes, 164,000 views. Susan, Susan Knowles. Susan Knowles, I assume, posted an incredible Instagram reel of her FaceTiming her daughter to tell her she's officiating the Golden Wedding. Yes, Susan Knowles. The caption reads, quote, screaming, I wish you were with me at Brittany Knowles Law. Here we go. Wedding of the year, baby. Hashtag the Golden Bachelor. Hashtag the Golden Wedding. Hashtag Bachelorette. Hashtag Bachelor Nation. 6.9K likes. 435K views. Huge. The first golden ring winner, Teresa Nist, made a reel in which her grandchild tries to tell her she doesn't have a very good chance of winning the Golden Bachelor in an adorable way. This got 11.4K likes, 772,000 views. Finally, we have an extraordinary contender from Popeye's runner-up. The future Peru Ministries minister, the wife of a billionaire, and the bachelor player who received our entire bachelor player wedding gift budget for a rubberized toilet plunger, Madison Pruitt. <laughs> she posted a TikTok under the Chiron, how are you so strong? And then she hilariously dances under the Chiron reality TV trauma with the caption, I'm stronger because of it. Uh, laughing, crying emoji, or what would you call that? Yeah, sideways laughing crying emoji. Sideways laughing crying emoji, hands to God emoji, 30.3K likes and 374K 
views. She's, I, I obviously study her, all of her life at this point mm -hmm. extensively. Did you like this video? I like the video. She made some very interesting posts over the course of Christmas. I'll just do an if you know, you know. One of them featured a Christmas tree with a sign behind it that was posted and then removed and then put back up momentarily with that sign photoshopped out. Again, if you oh, know, God. you know, I would check that one out. I'm sure that's on Reddit. I'm sure somebody did a deep comparison oh, no. analysis on Reddit. <laughs> certain, okay. certain political signs. What else did she do during the holidays? Just a lot of stuff of her reading Bibles in different like hotel rooms and stuff and praising God. Mm -hmm. It's just the volume is insane, as is the confidence. A lot of good plays this week, but they kind of faded into the background as this week was The Mandrell and Brayden Bauer's show. Not surprising since their relationship announcement was the runner-up in our Parasocial Play of the Year awards. Our Parasocial Play of the Week goes to the joint plays of Christina Mandrell, Brayden Bauer's et al., this week. First, the pair got in on an impromptu Council of Crowns and Ring Winners. Charity, Dotton, Joey, Braden, Christina, Zach, and Katie racked up 2.2 million views and 67.4K likes for a reel on Charity's profile under the Chiron POV. You're home for the holidays and you walk into a bar four shots deep and suddenly you're reunited with everyone you went to high school with parents and dated the caption reads watch a different person each time skull emoji we love to see the best players from charity's season as well as the last few seasons as well as one surprise player from gabby's season michael vaughn unite mm. for a joint play like this under queen charity's profile before we move on to this next play i just want to make one comment is it strange to you at all that the skull emoji has become synonymous with funny that death Dead. is now our icon for humor <laughs> That's the timeline we're in. I mean, I'm still doing laughing, crying emoji. <laughs> okay. Um, you're from a more innocent era. <laughs> to you, sorrow is humor. Some people on the internet will probably say I should yeah. be killed. <laughs> I'm just laughing until I'm crying. Uh, I have to die to find humor in anything. Mandrell posted a reel of Braden making Sand Queen Olivia guess who he was dating on her Instagram. The caption reads, quote, BTS of telling our girl at it's live Lou that we're dating. Warning, lots of F words, laughing, sweating emoji, heart hands emoji, mm -hmm. bachelor nation, hashtag bachelor nation, 14.9K likes. Mandrell also posted an insanely talented co-production with week two or three player Victoria Jameson and the 1 million TikTok follower player in the form of an Instagram reel to the Taylor Swift wildest dreams audio in this reel. Jameson Hooju's Mandrell under the Chiron, the only way to greet your bestie after she gets engaged on live TV. The caption reads, rate our Hooju salute emoji, hashtag bachelor nation, hashtag the bachelor, hashtag the bachelor, hashtag the golden bachelor, hashtag golden wedding. 5.8K likes, 306,000 views. Clues, your response. And I'll give it the rating now. <laughs> the rating is a 10. It's a perfect 10. The attention to detail uh, in this, look, Mandrell is not what you would consider a traditional anchor. She is much shorter than the average bachelor. Doesn't matter. But she's much strong. She's stronger than any player we've ever had. <laughs> Physically. <laughs> she's at least as strong, yeah, as like a Tyler Cameron. Uh, there's no question about this. She maintains her anchor position perfectly 
and Jameson's Huju achieves full ankle lock. She's got double hands wrapped around the neck. It's it's a pristine Huju. I mean, it really shows that both of them understand the subsport and treat it with the respect it deserves, and mm. they display their athletic prowess in it, showing us what we could have had, the season we could have had. Had Victoria Jameson been allowed to perform a Huju, you would have seen one of the best ever. Instead, we get it here. I loved it here. Would have loved to have seen it in the main document. That's on the producers. This wasn't the end of the Mandrell uh, dominance. She again showed off her parasocial and physical prowess when she posted her engagement announcement post, a six-slide engagement-themed offering, one, an impressive physical feat in which she is the plant for a Braden Bowers piggyback ride, as well as the Diamond Demon Neil Lane, as well as her new sparkler. The caption reads, quote, Oh, hey, I'm engaged. Surprise faced emojis. Stay tuned for the pictures from the whole night. Parentheses, I didn't have my phone on me last night, so I'm still getting all the photos together in parentheses, but last night was surreal, exclamation. I'm overjoyed and so grateful for at Golden Gary Turner and at Teresa Underscoreness for giving at Braden Bowers Official, my fiance in parentheses, their blessing to propose to me on their special night. They're such an inspiration and a beautiful example of love. Triple fucking heart. No, sorry. Triple fucking uh, red rose emoji. I had absolutely no clue this is going to happen even to the extent that I had been asking at Neil Lane Couture if he could make earrings so I could propose to Braden. One, two, three, four, five sweating smiley emojis. 65.4K likes, 1.1K comments. Unreal. I mean, unfucking real Just a, a steamroller, a fucking freight train of parasocial content. You can't get out of the way of it. It is going to run you over, and you're going to fucking love every second of it, period. It. I couldn't trim it down. I couldn't. I couldn't do justice no. to the parasocial game, and it has been a couple of weeks since the Twibbon, so congrats to this pair on this incredible parasocial and IRL achievement. I mean, the wedding content, I can't yeah. wait. What earrings Brayden is going to wear to his wedding, what are they going to be? I don't know. I mean- they have cemented themselves, in my opinion, as the most important players to have come from the last few seasons. The like post-bubble seasons era, I think they are it. Even a Gabby Windy, I think, is not quite on this level. She has more Instagram followers, but I don't think she's as important to the nation. She should have proposed on the Golden Wedding. She's in a historic relationship now, obviously. And, uh, you know, being the first Bachelorette, to to be in a same-sex relationship this publicly. You just, you don't see it. Historically, very important. Mm -hmm. Parasocially, though, I don't think she's doing what they're doing here. What do you mean? She won Parasocial Play of the Year. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not, I'm saying this year, now, everything they've just done. Oh, 2024. Yeah, I think their engagement leading up to their marriage, their wedding, for example. I think that that's a good challenge for Gabby and and she's going to come back. I think this is a parasocial war between the two couples. If Gabby gets married this year, I don't know. Then we're looking at a new world. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. The engagement is a level up. And for the show to be endorsing the engagement in that way, I mean, that's launching them as a couple. I agree. Could they possibly get a televised wedding? Probably not. I don't know. I'm just staggered by what they're they're yeah. both doing. It really is tremendous. This is a sub note, but she is so physically strong I know. that she's able to do these things parasocially that just 
I mean, no other bachelor player has been able to do. That video mm. where she's just leaping up to show how she's sliding into Brayden's DMs, I thought it was CGI. It's like magic. She she has enough strength that she seems magical. She seems like a <laughs> fantasy creature. You know what I'm saying? Like when she's just picking people up and like carrying them around on her back, like no big deal. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, you know what? You know what? You know what she should do? What? Mandrell, if you're listening, see if you can get ABC to hook you up or whoever you need to to hook you up and go on special forces. I think you can win it. Oh, she could definitely win it. Oh, my God. I'd love to see that. At any rate, uh, we have one more parasocial play to talk about this week. It is, of course, a creature. There are some great holiday parasocial creature plays this year, but the big winners are, and you're probably not going to be surprised by this, Pino and Ramen, the superstar canine dynamic duo, appeared in an incredible main grid post from Gorgirl Jason Tardik to wish everyone a Merry Christmas this year with a caption from their father that read, Santa spoiled the sheet out of these boys today. From our little fam to yours, Merry Christmas. It's a very cute picture uh, with Tardik and Pino and Ramen. Go check it out if you haven't. And they were mentioned in KB's posts. <laughs> that, yeah, they're all around. They're the ones who are like benefiting from the situation between KB and Tardik at this point. Doubled the parasocial exposure. Um, but now <laughs> we must move on. Their numbers are soaring. <laughs> <laughs> they probably are. I haven't checked Pino and Ramen's accounts in a while. Uh, we must move on now to our final portion of our program. Of course, this is... Screams from, from the Pit! The pit. Pace case. We're kicking off 2020 gore. What do you got? What's your scream? My scream is for a long time, I have maintained the conclusion that the one true goat is Caitlin Bristow. She is one of only two players that we have a special sound for in our audio files for the podcast. A beautiful chime because that's all I hear in my head when I think about her plays in in the game in the parasocial game, all part of, you know, the one true game. Um, and I am so grateful that we got to interview her to come on the podcast. And I think in part, I, this scream is like a gratitude to, she said all the pit members have been super like kind to her. Um, and so I'm, yeah, I'm grateful that, um, that people are like cultivating a community of kindness and um, that ultimately led to her coming on the show. You know, she's, she's got almost 2 million Instagram followers. It's a dream come true. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I just want to thank the pit for that as well. I know that the fourth audience, the, the community of the fourth audience, which of which we are all a part, uh, it's got, you know, it's got its ups and its downs. It's definitely mm-hmm. got, you know, some, some moments where, like Caitlin was saying in her response to, um, you know, all the stuff people were sending her with that Zach Clark thing. It's like, I think people can take parasocial relationships in a bad direction easily mm-hmm. and quickly. And I think it's always like a good idea to just stop and think before you're firing off some nasty thing to anybody on the internet for any reason. Um, mm-hmm. Do I really know this person is sending this, achieving anything that I want it to achieve is it helping anyone, you know, usually the answer is mm-hmm. no. And uh, if you can let that go, I think it's better for everybody. But yeah, I, I sincerely appreciate everyone in the pit. Write it on a piece of paper and think about it. Rest on it. What's your um, strongest parasocial relationship? Oh, my God. What is my... I mean, shit, it's Madison Pruitt. Like, I think hands down. <laughs> <laughs> 
It is always the person that you think of first, and mine is Adrian Missler from Yoga with Adrian. I know a lot of people think it's Nick Vial, but it's not. It's uh, it's Madison Pruitt. <laughs> wow. Oh my is that my screen? That's not even my fucking screen. Okay, I'm going to turn notifications on for her, so we'll have something to discuss. I, I literally can't believe it. <laughs> But it makes so much sense to me. It's like one of the greatest players that ever lived, certainly who came from season 24. Um, you know, and I think she didn't get like her her full due in our beloved game. She only went through one season as a mm-hmm. rookie. Then the pandemic happened. She could have been a bachelorette. I think she could have been a bachelorette. I think they had that. She was definitely in conversations. But I think that the um, the pandemic fucked it up for a lot of those players that came out of that season because it... It was like, well, when is Paradise happening? And now what player pools are we picking from? It Everybody in that mm-hmm. season got a little shortchanged. But you still saw Madison Pruitt and you still saw Hannah Sluss coming out of it and shining parasocially. And then Madison Pruitt was able to turn it into, she's a billionaire now. I mean, yeah, ain't nobody in Bachelor World done that. Not even close. In some, in some measurements, that might be the greatest player of all time. <laughs> well, yeah, in the bank account measurement, there's nobody that's close to that. There's nobody that's close to that. I also think DLP enters the conversation. Maybe. If he's hosts the show for a really long time, you know, who knows? Time will tell. If you're looking financially at it, DLP is probably worth somewhere between, I would guess, 10 and 20 million. Um, oh, no. He's not going to approach the billionaire mark, certainly. But I mean, in terms of like. He had one perfect season, and then guess what? He made the host way later and might host it longer than the original host. Who knows? Oh, you're talking about DLP? Sorry, I thought you said DLH. DLP. Yeah, DLP, I don't think is close. I don't think he's over 10. I don't think he's over five. Slander. Anyways. You see how hard he's working? Absolutely. I'm not discounting his hard work. Food Network, ESPN. He's a good dark lord. I've never said anything different. He now has a baby for TRR. Yeah, he's sired. I got it. Anyway, what's your scream? <laughs> <laughs> My scream is this. I don't know if this is a scream or not, but I'm going to use it as one. I have found myself this year, 2020 gore, waking up in the morning, more enthused, just about uh, everything that's about to come down the pipe for gore this year than I ever have been. Um, and I've been very enthused in the mm-hmm. past. I feel this year is really going to be the most interesting year in reality television because so much is happening technologically with how media is being made. These lawsuits, Golden, Love is Blind, there, and all these different aggregator shows that are out there now, like Traitors, like Special Forces, like uh, House of Villains. 90 Day. I mean, I'm getting deep into the 90 Day bit, which is a totally different beast, but... <laughs> There's just so much reality TV being made and it's all kind of folding in on itself. And it's like, if you go on this show, really what is what is starting to happen, I think, is people are realizing like going into one of these shows is just your first means of like getting in the game. Then the real mm-hmm. game is, can you go on another show? Can you pop off somewhere in a way that makes you like big enough to move on to another show and continue your run through reality television as a career? And that's mm-hmm. fascinating to me. And uh, I think because I'm starting to coach players like in different games now, my end goal is basically to make the biggest reality star the world has ever seen. That's for me, the Holy grail. That's what I'm trying to do. And I'm very enthused by it. It's a fun game to play. You know, I think you will accomplish it. I hope so. 
We shall see. You've manifested great things before. That is my scream. I want to make somebody bigger than Kim Kardashian and Paris Hilton. Now, let's move on to hear one more scream. Uh, if you would like to submit your screams to... Will you do it for Luca Tony? I mean, it's got to be a human, I think. I'm very sorry about mm. that. I think it needs to be a human being. <laughs> he's a baby. He's my yeah. baby. Who's the most famous animal right now? There used to be some famous ones back in the 80s. Spuds McKenzie and shit. Benji. There was that Bones, No Bones dog. Yeah. All the most famous creatures are now like parasocial. There was that cat. The scowling cat. Mm-hmm. Spuds McKenzie used to be like, he was the pitch person. I don't know Spuds McKenzie. Oh, let's just move on. This is our. <laughs> Copper, Pinot and Ramen. These yeah. are my creatures. <laughs> I'm saying Spuds McKenzie was in uh, TV commercials for beers and shit. He was like their pitch man. I don't know who owns Spuds McKenzie, but they were making bank off that dude. The Target Field dog who I was on a plane with. Oh, yeah. And he had the full eye makeup. Oh, nice. Did I ever tell you about when I was making the- uh, Of a Target thing around his eye. What? They just have him flying around with that shit? They're like, you, you're you the Target dog 24-7. That's the contract. Never out of costume. I don't know. <laughs> Before we get to the scream, I'll tell a quick story about dogs. I made a pilot for ABC years ago called Southern Discomfort. It was a half-hour comedy that I wrote about my family. It was a version of them. Mm -hmm. Don Johnson played my dad. Mary Steenburgen played my mom. Sophia Bush played my sister. It was a necessary conversation 1.0. It really was. It was a kinder, gentler time back then, too. My dad wasn't quite as crazy. Quite, I say. He was like 95% there. Um, my parents at the time had a little dog called Rudy, Chihuahua. And so I wrote him into the script. And when we were making this pilot, there was one day that we had to cast Rudy. And I'm not shitting you. This was the day that I spent. I sat in a little room on the Sony lot and... Uh, trainer after trainer came in with different chihuahuas and made them do tricks and shit where they would like pretend to sleep or roll up whatever it was just like i'm never writing anything that doesn't have a chihuahua in it again i need to have this day repeated as many times in my life as i can and unfortunately that was the only time i've ever done it that's so cute let's move on to grumpy cat that was his name yeah grumpy cat um Let's move on now to our scream from somebody else out there in the pit. If you'd like to submit your scream, you just record it in a one minute or shorter audio format. You go to patreon.com slash gamerosas. You get in our discord and you upload that scream into the screams channel. Dark Seeker collects them all in her mind and gives us the best one here. Let's take a listen. This comes to us from uh, user cauliflower is the name. Here we go. Hello, Pit. My name is Chloe, and this is my scream. My sister and I are both deep in the pit, and we often discuss what would happen if one of us were to become single, and we were obviously going to end up on The Bachelor. So tonight, I'm doing the dishes, and as one does, I'm deep in my deep, deep pit fantasies, and I'm thinking to myself, what if I did get a divorce and then I got on to The Bachelor? And to bring it back to Earth's crust for a moment, I am almost seven years into my marriage, which is very happy. And I've been with my husband for 11 years. And in this moment, I thought to myself, I should probably start preparing my divorce PTC delivery now so that I'm prepared when my time on the game comes. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. This is a, um, a pretty high level scream, I gotta say. Mm-hmm. Starting to prepare your divorce PTC for a divorce that will never come in some kind of dark fantasy that is only really in service of uh, 
pitdom of deep, deep fandom of this show. Yeah, we call that a prenup. <laughs> <laughs> That's the prenup. In listen, anybody out there who's about to get married, make sure your prenup says you can never go on the bachelor if we get married, even if we get divorced. Just alleviate this. I'm getting Teresa's lawyer if I'm getting a prenup. No, I look, we've all had these fantasies. If you, you watch the show once or twice. At least this happened to me, even in the beginning. I was like, I wonder what it would be like to be on that show. And then depending on how deep into the pit you are, that first thought can go off into a variety of paths that can lead you down some dark corridors, some funny corridors, and some very deep corridors. And when you get to the depth where you are contemplating how you would describe your divorce to a fictional bachelor or bachelorette, and you don't plan on getting that divorce... Uh, that's deep. That's a deep scream. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to know what the partner in this, what the spouse might think. I think you'll know it goes one level deeper when you start inserting some of those details into your life. Like you you test him with some like love plan, mm. like in how to lose a guy in 10 days or something so that you can include that detail when you're later telling back the breakup story. This is a fantastic scream. Thank you, Chloe, for sending it in. And once again, if anybody else wants to send in their scream, you just go to that uh, patreon.com slash roses one minute or under audio clip, put it on the discord and we play him here. But this is it. That was our twibbin. Uh, first one back in 2020 gore. Haunt dark seeker with all your screams. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, eventually whatever scream comes out of dark seeker uh, is going to be insane. <laughs> the keeper of the screams. I can't imagine what that scream screams. is like. Just listening to these screams <laughs> bouncing around in your head all day, every day. But we can't thank Dark Seeker enough, and we're all of us here at Gore excited to bring you coverage of everything that's going to happen in the Bachelor world, the Love Is Blind world, probably every other world that we can we can get our hands on over the course of 2020. Mm-hmm. Gore here, Vanderpump, etc. Et Indeed, Special Forces. Traders. I'm like looking very forward to seeing the cast announcement of what Bachelor players going in this year, and I just I am fucking praying to all the dark lords that have ever come before us that it is not grocery store joe because he will be the first person to lose from the bachelor franchise that dude can't we can't have a loser correct put in mandrell i want champions get me mandrell you know what get me clayton eckard get me ultimate viking i think he'd win that game i think he'd win that game or ultimate viking yeah i think they would both both win also so many people win that show how hard can it be there's like three winners. How many shows have three winners? Watch this show. I thought the same thing. Watch this show. They fucking torture these people. It is not easy. I don't want to see people tortured. Oh, well, that makes one of us. Thank you everyone for joining us on this Friday. And like I said, I'll have my my first starting coverage of Traders Season 2 up in Clues Corner at some point tonight. Whenever those episodes start to drop, I'm going to start to cover them. What is the premise of that show? It's a bunch of reality stars playing like um, stabbing you in the back and who's the traitor and, you know, that kind of stuff. To win money? I think so. I think you do. Uh, Like I said, I haven't seen season one. I just have read about it. But I'm excited to start covering that. I hope you join me for that. And then, of course, at the end of that coverage, it's going to be Love is Blind season six in Clues Corner. So get ready for that February 13, I believe. That can't come fast enough. I need to cleanse myself of five. God, I know. I know. 
I think I can forget five when six comes out. (laughs) (laughs) That's the good thing about reality TV. We can cover like, there's 10 lawsuits against them. Yeah. Unless they win the $4 million lawsuit. (laughs) Remember all those wrongful imprisonment, sexual harassment, fucking human torture lawsuits they had against them? No. What are those? I'm watching season six. Um, (laughs) All right. Thank you everyone for joining us. And uh, before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It's been 7,963 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 